Hi, welcome to ALFC Podcast. At ALFC, we seek the lost, teach the found, and send the disciples. We truly hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Right now, we're going to dive in the Word of God. I pray that you join me in prayer right now as we get ready to discover more of Jesus today. Dear Heavenly Father, we just lift up the precious name of Jesus, God. We thank you for already being with us, God. We ask now that you meet us, God, through your Word. May your Word come to life, God. May we leave here changed because of it. Father, I ask you now that you use me as a willing vessel, Lord. May it not be my own agenda or my own way, Father. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, if you were here or caught online, Pastor Aaron kicked off our summer series for the month of July, Beyond the Gold, with an incredible, incredible message, and I encourage you to check it out. Well, in just a couple weeks, the Olympics will be taking place in Tokyo, Japan, and I have this crazy obsession when it comes to the Olympics. I watch no sports in between those four years, but when the Olympics come, I watch it all, and my favorite is track and field just growing up in the family that I did, that has always been our favorite. If I was to give a subtitle to today's message, it's Beyond the Gold Part 2, but I'd like to call it It's Time to Lace Up. If you were to take a look at a runner, there are various types of athletes and competitions that runners participate in. There are short distance runners like sprinters, there's trail runners, there's triathletes, there's team obstacle racing runners, there's marathon runners, and then there's even ultra marathon runners. And you may not even know that, but they run 100 miles at one time, if you can believe that. Well, as amazing as these runners and these athletes are in the Olympics, there is a far more important race that is happening within our life. Throughout the New Testament, the Apostle Paul made it very, very clear for us that in our life here on this earth, as a Christian, we run a thing called the Christian race. It is not a 100-meter sprint. It is not running from here to there, but it is more like a marathon. And as we run this marathon, there are key things that you and I need to do if we desire to make it to the end, if we desire to make it to the finish line. Paul simply uses this analogy of running a race as an illustration in our life. And when he talked about this, he was speaking to a group of Christians in Corinth. And they would have been very, very familiar with this type of application and illustration because where, where they came from, there was a thing called the Isthmus Games. And they were held in Corinth every year and they were second to the Olympics in size and popularity along the way. So as Paul is preaching this, the people would have been very easily able to apply it and adapt it in their own life. And the same is true for you and I today, family. In this marathon of life that we are in, we do not strive for a physical gold, a title, or a platform, but rather you and I, family, are striving for something greater. We are striving for well done, good, and faithful servant in our life. Unlike the real Olympics, where you have to qualify to compete, Christianity is available to anyone. 
anyone who has a willing heart to accept Jesus into their life, you are already a part of the team. You are automatically qualified. You were chosen, you were recruited, you were called, and you were appointed for the team that you and I are in. We represent the greatest team that could ever live. We represent the greatest person that could ever be on the back of our jersey, and his name is Jesus today. Through the encouragement of Paul today, family, we will discover three characteristics that every believer should embrace and demonstrate in their Christian race so that it keeps us and leads us to keeping our faith and finishing strong, knowing that God is with us every step of the way. If you turn with me to Hebrews 11, this is where we're going to start off today in our journey of discovering the Christian race. In Hebrews 11, you may be familiar with it, this is known as the Hall of Faith. These are some of the greatest Christians that ever lived and they live to show what it means to run their race with faith until the end. They did not have it easy. And some of them did not even see the promise of God fulfilled in their life. But what they did see and what they do represent is that God is always faithful in our lives. If we were to crack open a book or a guide to the Christian race, I believe the first characteristic that we discover is that in order to be a well-rounded Christian athlete, we must have courage. Let's take a look very quickly through Hebrews 11. Remember now, this is the hall of faith. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see the death. Verse 7, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning the events of the unseen, built an ark. By Verse 8, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out. By faith, Sarah received the power to conceive. These all died in faith not having received the things promised, but having seen them greeted from afar. By faith, Abraham was tested and offered up Isaac. By faith, Isaac invoked the future blessing of Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of his sons. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, Moses, Moses left Egypt. By faith, he kept the Passover. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish in her life. And what more shall I say in verse 32? For time would fail me to tell. Oh wait, there's more of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophet. They were stopped by lions. They quenched the power of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. They were made strong out of the weakness and they became mighty in war. Why? Because God was by their side. These are just some of the soldiers of faith. So like I said, if we were to take open a, 
a, a book and take open a guide, the first characteristic we need to be a Christian athlete is we must have courage. Now read in chapter 12 with me in verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are now surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the first step of courage that we display in our faith is when we leave our sinful nature behind and we walk into the kingdom of God. From there, we are in the race. And now it's time to lace up and start running. In our Christian race, we can take encouragement, family, from those great cloud of witnesses that I just read. Who are these witnesses in our life? These witnesses are those in chapter 11. These witnesses are those in your life that have moved on and are now in heaven. They are people that were praying for you before they went to glory. These witnesses are people in your life that you were close with, that deposited God's truth into your life and into your heart. They may have been friends and co-workers, grandmas, aunts, and uncles, leaders in faith. Those are the clouds of witnesses. Those that surround us are not literally watching us from some big old grandstand in heaven as, and walk about our day to day. Rather, the word surrounded here is used to emphasize the meaning of their testimony. Let me say this again, if I can read the scripture. Therefore, each one of you today is surrounded by the testimonies of the cloud of witnesses that have gone before you today. What an incredible thought that we can be encouraged to know and have the courage today to keep going. Why? Because all of those that have gone before us fought the good fight of faith and are now in glory. And they look upon us to share the testimony of the faithfulness of God in their life. But in our selfishness, we think we're the only ones to go through what we are going through. We think we're the only ones that ever had it as hard as we've had it. We think we're the only ones that want to give up or ever had the thought to give up, but no family. There are hundreds and thousands and millions of others that have gone before us and are shouting their testimony of the faith of God. We are literally surrounded today with a cloud of people that through their faith, they are shouting the testimonies of the faithfulness of God in their life to us. They are saying, Pastor Kenny, keep going. I am in the presence of Jesus. I know it's hard, but you can do it. I know you want to give up, but keep running. I know you want to give up, but keep pushing. I know you mourn. I know you grieve. I see you. I see you at night when you're tired. I see you when those tears come down your eyes. But I want to tell you it's okay. I want to tell you it gets better. And the only reason it gets better is because of the presence of Jesus in our life when we get to that finish line. I think of people in my own life that have gone on to glory that are my cloud of witnesses today. People in this church like Elder John Chappelle, Thomas Elliott, Rashida Chappelle, and Brother Mackey. Each one of them ran their race with endurance until the end. Their race, 
gives credence to the faithfulness of God in their life. Their testimony gives fruit to what you and I can do and what can happen when we push and run and persevere until the end. Their testimonies give credence to the miracle working power of God in our life. If I can be honest, I struggle though. I struggle when I still see believers choosing to stand on the sidelines. I struggle when I see believers that haven't even left the starting point. They're just standing there waiting for something to happen. They're preoccupied, focusing on someone else's lane rather than the race and the lane that God had intended for them. I want to introduce you to someone this morning. His name is David Brown. David Brown took home the gold medal for the 100-meter sprint in Rio. He is a three-time gold medal Paralympic medalist, a two-time record breaker, and the first totally blind man to run 100 meters under 11 seconds. The powerful thing about David is he does not run alone. Take a look. Drive, drive, drive. There you go. Come on, come on. Stay in that drive phase. Gradually come up. Keep moving, keep moving. Looking good. Lean. So when he says lean, that means we're about to cross the finish line. And those are those cues that he needs to hear to let him know he needs to prepare to give it all he has for that last bit. I'm not saying anything. Running at full speed as fast as I can. I'm just listening and adapting my body to his word. I gotta trust this person in order to get around this track. I thought I had to synchronize with them, but no, he had to synchronize with me. I'm through trying to do this on my own. I can't, I can't see. I'm gonna have to trust this person. That's when things started falling into place. He's a powerful sprinter. I'm a technical sprinter. Tethered together and running together with the hard work that we do on the track, mindset we have off the track, everything else will take care of itself. is T11 and they're away and Brown's away well Didon Dong also for China big support for Gomez for Brazil on the inside but David Brown's going to take the Paralympic title and Gomez gets the silver to conquer the bronze 10-9-9 a new Paralympic Games record for David Brown you see family Jerome is David's cheerleader Jerome is David's guide. He's his eyes. He's his pace. He's his comfort. He's his encouragement. They must be in sync in order for David to ever have the chance of crossing that finish line. And in our Christian race, we are like David. We cannot sometimes see the finish line. We cannot sometimes see what is happening around us because we are blinded by the things that are going through our life. But that does not mean that God isn't there. That does not mean that God is running leg to leg and arm to arm with us every step of our Christian race. Like I said, you may feel alone. You're tired of grieving. You're tired of the lost job. You're tired of things happening in your life. But just like David, it wasn't an excuse. Could you imagine for someone being blind, the thought of running and winning a race for a gold medal? Could you imagine that thought that he may have had when he was 10 years old? 
And for us, as running our Christian race, if we allow the obstacles around us to deter us, then we will never reach the finish line and all that God has for you and I. We need to allow the cloud of witnesses today to be the voice of encouragement that you need to get off that starting line and start running your race today. As we keep reading now, In Hebrews 12, if you're still there, we're going to continue on. I'm going to read verse 1 again and verse 2. It says, Therefore, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us, us, also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. When Paul wrote this passage and the book of Hebrews, he wrote it as a letter to a group of Christians who were tempted to quit. They were tired. They've been running, but they wanted to give up. They were losing focus in their own race. Their hands were growing weak. And Paul wanted to encourage them, as well as us in our own race, that if we desire to see the finish line, then the second discipline that we must have is it's going to take endurance to get to the end. A Tour de France cyclist, a 1,500-meter swimmer, a 10,000-meter track and field runner, or even that 100-mile marathon runner, understand that their race is not done in seconds, it's not done in minutes, and not even hours at times. They recognize that they have to do certain things in order to keep themselves fueled and be able to push past a point of pain or a setback or a distraction that may come in their life. Our prize, the greatest prize that is at the end of our finish line is Jesus. You see, Pomona, Jesus is the greatest example of enduring faith and the greatest example of the motivation we need to keep going. The Bible is filled with amazing people that endured and endured well. However, the greatest example that I could speak about today is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who came across his own obstacle and hurdle when he was tempted in the wilderness by Satan. If you have your Bibles, turn quickly with me to Matthew 4. We're just going to take a look at this very quickly at the life of Jesus, who was tempted in this moment. You see, in verse 3, it says that he had fasted for 40 days and nights, and he was tired, and he was hungry. And in this vulnerable moment, enter Satan. Satan tried to lure and tempt Jesus in his vulnerable moment in three areas. In verse 3, he told Jesus, if you are the son of God, then use your powers to turn this stone into bread. He continued on in verse 5, and he took Jesus to the top of the temple, and he said, if you are the son of God, then throw yourself down and essentially save yourself if you are God. And in verse 9, Satan took him to the high mountaintop, and he tempted him with all the kingdoms that were before him and said, 
Jesus, you can have this all. You can have everything you want and more if you only bow down and worship me. After 40 days and nights in the wilderness, Jesus was fatigued and he was hungry and he was tempted in every way. Satan was wanting to wear him down, break him down in his faith. He wanted to appeal to him and he wanted him to go against his father. But through endurance, Jesus overcame Satan because he prepared for what was about to come. You see, family, in the three areas that we just read, here's how Jesus responded. In verse 4, he defeated Satan by the word of God. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. We have to focus on the word of God if we want to endure in our race. In verse 7, he defeated Satan by his faith. He said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. We have to focus on our Father and not the things of this world to gain popularity if we want to endure our race. And lastly, in verse 10, Jesus defeated Satan by declaring worship. He said, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship no one but the Lord your God. The reason that Jesus was able to endure in this dark moment and overcome the temptation of Satan is simply because he had the determination to hold on. That through the act of the word of God and faith and worship that was already in him, he was able to combat Satan in that moment. Jesus' race to the cross had you and I in mind the whole time. When he could have easily given up at any point, when he could have easily thrown in the towel or asked his father for help, he chose to fight and endure. He chose to push past mental anguish. He chose to push past pain and suffering. This commitment was simply because he had you and I in mind the whole time until the end. About six years ago, Pastor Adam was getting ready to marry, excuse me, the love of his wife, Ashley. And right before they got married, we decided to go on a little boys trip, me, my brothers, and my dad. And so we went down to San Diego, and we rented a boat, and we went out to the bay and to the ocean. And this innocent time of fellowship and bonding and camaraderie in our family turned into the Mesa Olympics in the San Diego Bay. My dad said, let's have a friendly competition. Whoever can hold on the longest gets the bragging rights to declare you were the best that day. And we would all recognize it. We get on the boat. We rent this huge raft. And it was Pastor Diego's turn. He went and he fell off. It was Pastor Caleb's turn. He went. He fell off. It was Pastor Adam's turn. He went. He fell off. Well, at that time, I was, I was plus size, but I was determined to hang on to that raft and not give up no matter what came my way, all right? So this is what it looked like that day.
Here's the thing. I won that day, but it came with a price. What that video doesn't show is that on one of the bumps, my swim trunks came completely off and flew off into the ocean. And, but guess what? Butt naked, I still held on for dear life for the joy of beating my brothers and my dad. Nothing was going to stop me in that moment. No matter how flat, how high we flew, no matter how bumpy it got, I remained steadfast to hold on. And in the spiritual, I wanna read James 1.12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God had promised to them. If we desire to see the finish line, if we desire to hear well done, good and faithful servant, then it's going to take some grit and holding on in this thing called life. It's going to take holding on when it gets a little uncomfortable, holding on when things get a little out of control, pushing forward even when there is an easier option. This endurance in our Christian race, endurance is holding on to your marriage even when your spouse is tripping. Endurance is holding on and tithing even when your finances are a little bit out of order. Endurance is holding on and believing God even when the miscarriage comes your way. Endurance is holding on to what God has called you to do in this life and letting go of the things that are not of him. Unfortunately for so many, we are enduring and holding on to the wrong things in our life. We are holding on to things that we should have let go a long time ago. We are holding on to dating relationships that God wanted you to break out and let go. God wanted you to let go of the job that you're at because it is not healthy a long time ago, but we're still holding on. And all it is doing is hindering us from running our Christian race effectively with what God has intended for us. You will never run your best race and the potential until you are willing to throw off the excess weight and sin that is holding us back and slowing us down so that we can run truly in the freedom that God has intended for us in our life. As we run this race, you could run this race as a cross bearer or you can run it as a weight bearer, but you cannot run it with both. Carrying the cross of Jesus today is denying ourself and letting go of the weight of this world. Whereas if we're a weight bearer, we carry everything that doesn't look like God. Today, it's time that we let it go, pick up our cross and endure until the finish line. Turn to someone next to you and say, let it go. The last characteristic to succeed in our Christian race today, family, is that we must properly train. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 24. If you have your Bibles or phones, click over there, turn those pages over there real quick. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 24. This is still Paul speaking to us. He says in verse 24, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one gets the prize? So run to win. 
All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it to win an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing, but I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. The greatest athlete that ever lived doesn't just walk into the race or step foot in the gymnasium or jump into the pool and think that they're going to win or get a medal without properly training and disciplining with practice, consistency, and diligence in their life. The average Olympian trains four to five hours a day, 310 days out the year for up to six years before ever succeeding or making a team. That is an average of 10,000 hours of practice for a game that may last less than 60 seconds when they compete. Why do they do this? Why do they train like this? They do it for the hopes of winning that big gold medal. However, as a Christian athlete, we properly train to go beyond that gold. We train so that as we navigate this life, we have the proper tools and discipline to fight Satan effectively. We train in hopes with a purpose towards the things of God and not aimlessly in any direction so that we don't get caught up in life's hurdles. We train so that our lives and our race can be a witness to others so that we could get more people on our racing team. That is why we train. Yet so often we can see believers in the body of Christ that are so spiritually out of shape. Not in this church though. They don't like to sweat. They don't like to run. They don't like to get fit. They are lacking discipline. And while they just sit there, they sit there and accept their participation trophy for accepting Jesus in their life, but they want an easy way out to get to the finish line. But it doesn't work like that, family. As Paul said in verse 27, I discipline my body and I keep it under control. The word discipline here in the Greek is hupo piazzo, meaning to strike under the eye or to beat black and blue. What Paul is emphasizing here is not that we don't physically need to beat up ourselves in this race, but the act of discipline is as critical and as aggressive as it is if I was to beat myself up. Having self-control with our earthly bodies, is going to make all the difference in us reaching the finish line or failing along the way. Many people are not seeking the opportunity, though, to discipline themselves in this race. And they are looking for that VIP experience that takes them from accepting Christ directly to the finish line. If I could be transparent with you, last year, I had to make a decision in my own life to apply some disciplines in my life. And if I could keep it real with you, like I've always done when I'm up here, last year, I was not happy in some areas. You see, I was battling some health issues that were wearing me down, both mentally and physically. I was not happy primarily, though, because I was overweight, all right? I was overweight. 
And I've always been overweight, and being overweight is no one's fault. It's not your fault. It's not my mom's fault. It's not my dad's fault. It's my fault. And I've been overweight because I lacked discipline in my life. I've lacked motivation. I lacked accountability. I lacked counsel in my life. And I was tired of being tired. I was tired of dealing with what I was dealing with. I was tired of the mental anguish. And then you put COVID on top of it. Oh, forget it. That was the cherry on top. That was the cherry on top. You got that picture? That's me. Look at I'm breaking the horse's back right there at the top of 2020. I had to make a decision because I was getting worn out and it was affecting areas in my life. And it was July 4th, 2020. I looked at my wife and I said, enough is enough for the sake of my faith, my mental health, my physical health, you and these boys, I'm going to make a change. And that Monday I started to make a change. I went out and I ran a half a mile. I picked up 15 pound weights and I did what I could do. And over the months, I developed the discipline, the training, the accountability. I added people in my life to encourage me. I exercised, I had proper diet and nutrition. I took supplements, I partake in yoga and breathing. And all of these things, a year later, I'm in the best mental health that I've been in a long time. I'm, I'm 60 pounds lighter, my BMI dropped drastically, and my blood work is outstanding, and almost all the health problems disappeared like that, because the grace of God. Here's the thing, family. I share this not to boast about me or put Nathan on a platform in any way. Please know my heart. But I share this because it was a real life example of what I believe Paul is telling to us. That if we desire to see that finish line, it's going to take some training. It's going to take some discipline. You cannot make it there by having 400 pounds of excess spiritual weight and fat that is hanging on you. You got to shed. You got to let it go. You got to get into spiritual shape if you want to have the durance to get to the end. In actuality, Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 4, training our physical bodies is good and it helps a little, but godly living helps in every way. Working out physically is wonderful, but more than that, when we train in the things of God, what we are doing is we are developing our spiritual strength on this earth so that it can last in eternity. It's been hard. And there's been days I wanted to give up. I was tired. It was so, it's easier just to go back to my old ways. When Pastor Adam wants to go to Raising Cane's every week, I've had to say no. And that is hard, family. But listen, there's a goal in mind. And I'm still on this journey. We have to be athletes that are willing to put in the hard work to apply the strict disciplines of training our faith, like spending time in the Word of God, spending time in prayer, fasting, solitude, worship, fellowship, serving, and attending Bible studies like we are today. We do all of this. So as we do, we are strengthening the core of our faith so that we can endure unto the end. Hebrews 12, 11 says, for the moment, all discipline seemed painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields a peaceful fruit. Peace is available and peace is coming to you today.
Distractions are everywhere, but discipline is not. Stop trying to run someone else's race and focus on the discipline today that is needed to run your race that God has attended. Author Max Lucado said, God never said the journey would be easy, but he did say the arrival would be worthwhile. Jesus has already cleared the path of faith by defeating Satan so that you and I can run through it, family. While running, we're going to get thirsty, but I know someone who's the living water. By running, we're going to get tired, but I know someone who offers rest along the way. On this run, we're going to stumble, but I know someone who can carry us through each and every step of the way. The beauty of Jesus today, family, is to know that we are not running our race to be saved. Christ's race already saved us. We are running our race to see him one day. And when we were his motivation, when he ran his race, I pray that he is our motivation when we run our race today. It's time, Rancho. It's time, Pomona, for us to lace up our shoes to kick up some dirt and dust and kind of choke Satan out along the way as we run this Christian race with a confidence and a boldness that God has for us. That as we run with courage and with endurance and with proper training, we will cross that finish line one day. And when we do, we're still gonna be running, but we're not running this earthly race no more. We're running into the arms of Jesus Christ when we get to heaven. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just worship the name of Jesus today, God. We know that this life can be hard. This life can be overwhelming at times, God. And you never said it would be easy. But what your word says, God, is that you are there to bring peace. You are there to bring comfort. You are there, God, to surround us and to carry us in your arms, Lord. So today as we run our race, God, I pray that this was just a little shot, God, a little booster to push us to keep going, a little boost, God, to say your race is not over. And even though you may have tapped out, there is still time to come back in. Even though you've wanted to give up, God is still saying, I love you and I will still see you at that finish line. But it's going to take us having the courage to run our race, and to keep persevering today. In Jesus' name. Really hope that you enjoyed the message. If you said yes to Jesus Christ, we want to say congratulations and give you some resources to walk out your faith. Text NEXT to 81411, where you will get free information on that journey of faith. Be sure to tune in next time for more inspiring messages. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.